Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Topic Thunder. My name is Matt Tierney, and today with me, I have Dylan Hunsinger. Dylan, what's up? Oh, man, not a lot. You know, just got done uh, watching a tough game to watch for a Thunder fan, but it was also a lot of fun. But glad to be jumping on the podcast with you, my, my, pod, my, uh, my pod friend here. Uh, we had a chance to have a quad pod, uh, but now we're just a duo pod, so it's all good. It, it fell apart. The quad pod was it was on the horizon, but potentially this weekend we'll have a quad pod. So so stay tuned. But yes, tonight was a heartbreaking loss. It was an emotional roller coaster. It was the first time, and I, I'll say this: it was the first time. I felt the same types of frustration that I felt last year during the the Westbrook era. And I think a lot of us will talk about how this season we've just, it's just felt different. Uh, And part of that for me is that I just don't feel so over like whelmed, overwhelmed or just like angry at certain points of the game stuff isn't working out but today i did feel that for the first time and it wasn't because of the typical reasons like westbrook is taking stupid shots or we're not riding the right offense it was just because toronto was making literally everything that they threw up they made everything and what was so frustrating about that is that we put in a performance that should win like 99% of basketball games, but it just so happened that tonight, every single shot that they threw up went in. And the ones that come to mind are several Norm Powell shots. Oh, that one that, that he had shouldn't... towards the end of the third where he just flailed and it went in at the end of the shot clock? I think that was the buzzer beater at the third quarter. He like got stripped, Somehow got it back and then threw it up on the way down and it went yeah, in. Yeah, the shot clock expired. Yeah, there was that one and then like uh, Gasol banked one in from the top of the key. That was the other one. That was the other one that just made me so mad. Oh, there was one. And then uh, CJ Miles, like another one, like right at the end of the shot clock in the fourth quarter. It looked like he just threw the ball straight up in the air and it went straight down into the basket. <laughs> I was going to say, so that was the other one. Those two happened basically consecutive mm-hmm. plays for the Raptors. 
And that was just infuriating because, because on the other side of the court, OKC was playing almost a perfect offense. They didn't miss any shots. They weren't making any stupid plays. They were just, they were just making twos. That was the only reason they were going down was because they were making threes and OKC was making twos. So like mathematically, that's not going to work out too well. And realistically, it wasn't like we was playing bad defense. It's just like we said, like they was no. just hitting stupid shots. Like all in all, we played a great, great game defense. defensively. Like we were aggressive. We were getting at it. We were forcing turnovers. We were, you know, contesting shots. Um, but yeah, man, they were just hitting some stupid shots. And there was one more tough shot that I just had to talk about that really made me mad. And it was actually after Gallo caught himself a body. Uh, and he made the free throw after that, immediately going down the court, Pascal Siakam. Uh, he had like a two-handed scoop spinning reverse layup that hit the top of the backboard and bounced in the rim. And it was just like, it was just that kind of night for Toronto. It was just frustrating on a lot of different ends. There was that, there was a lot of missed calls, I think, Mm -hmm. that, like, at the end of the day, you know, I'm not going to complain about the refs because you can make the same argument, argument on the other side. But there was a lot of key moments. For example, the one I remember is after that very, uh, crucial and one by Gallo that made it a three-point game which really got the crowd into it I mean they the the Chesapeake was electric at that point I mean what's, we were down 30 let's just call it what it is man like I didn't think Gallo was getting up that high did you see how far away he took off on that dunk? that he soared that was like a Westbrook style and one. I, I didn't think he had it in his arsenal, and to and, and to I mean to literally catch a body in that body, Pascal Siakam, like that's that's huge, man. He was not gonna let anyone get in his way to miss that dunk. He like you could just feel you could feel the energy from the team of like how how much they wanted that win, and it like that play in particular is a really good example of that. But what I what was frustrating on the other end was that immediately after the N1, we get a, we're down to a, a one-score game. We were down 31 at one point. I mean, it's another just incredible comeback it seems like. And then Pascal Siakam gets a no call on an offensive foul and makes it and then that was like oh, yeah. it was that shot. And, he extended and then that it was four the next on, shot right? and then the yeah, he, I mean Gallo sold it well. It looked like it should have been, it should have been an offensive foul, and then they didn't yeah, call a, a defensive foul. Yeah, they didn't call a defensive foul on the possession for Oklahoma City. The next play, which, like, all right, part of me is you know saying okay, maybe the refs are ho- swallowing the whistle. It's the end of the game. Let the boys play. Blah blah blah. But I don't know. Like, you gotta call some of those. Like that's just. That was frustrating. And again, I don't want to like nitpick referees and their calls because you could do that. Toronto could make the same argument. It's fine. But collectively, that, in addition to just all the shots they're making and how well we are playing and it not resulting in a win, it's just frustrating. Like, I was, I was frustrated at the end of the day. But I mean, we have to say that. None of this would have been the situation had it not been for the first half mm. where Oklahoma City played 
horrendously. I mentioned earlier we were down 31 points. And that was that was due to well, Toronto was shooting very well still. So I they shot over 70% at one point well into the second quarter. So there was Yikes. not by any means something that we could have stopped. But we also had a hand several handfuls of turnovers and one uh, fun fact I wanted to mention that I tweeted about on our uh, Twitter page at one point in late in the second quarter OKC had more turnovers than points for their leading scorer of the team Man. So they had 10 turnovers and Gallinari had 8 points and it was like into the last five minutes of the second quarter or something like that. So that just kind of shows you where we were at one point. Yeah, to show you where we but, were, Mike Muscala led all scores for the Thunder with 12 points at halftime. I mean, that's... That's... I mean, that's frustrating some way, but that's also insane that we still didn't win this game despite the fact that Muscala filled in for Nerlens and Steve... Yep. That well. Steve going down in the most Kiwi Stephen Adams fashion possible, diving for a loose ball. We just we never saw him again. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I think the report is he has a knee contusion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just a just yeah, a and just ne- deep bruise. Yeah, Nerlens was already out, so it was basically just the Justin Patton show, who by the way scored he had the most insane stat line in his OKC Blue game the other day. It was like... Here, I'll look it up. I've got it in my camera roll. It was, it was honestly ridiculous. It was, it was like... I mean, it was 45 points, but then it was like 45 six points, blocks. 13 rebounds, 9 assists, 6 blocks, 4 three-pointers made. Jeez. He was like almost... He was kind of flirting with a quadruple double there. Yeah, it's wild to think about. Because, you know, crazy. I mean, he didn't. You see this guy come in an NBA game, and, you know, he, he got some buckets tonight, but, like, in other games that he's been in, he hasn't really done much. But then you see him go to the G League and just completely dominate like that. Like, you know, it, it, it's pretty crazy. It puts into perspective how good these guys really are, even the guys at the end of the NBA bench, like, how good they actually are. Mm-hmm. It's always funny to me to see people on like social media criticizing these players and being like, I could take this guy. And it's just like, no, you couldn't like this guy. This guy is the best player in like any gym on any court anywhere in the world, except for like the NBA. So just like, yeah, it really highlights how talented the NBA is. Especially him because he's seven Um, foot. (laughs) Yeah. And he's making three pointers. Like it's, you know, I really day. thought he was going to make um, at least one of them that he shot today. He put, yeah, he put up a few. Um, I, I thought he played pretty well in the second half. I thought he sort of felt, it felt like he was the deer in the headlights in the first half. He was like both defensively and offensively. He just wasn't, he was just scrambling a lot. There was, and Gasol was getting open quite a bit. Yeah. So I thought he settled in, but it was just that first half that really, Really hurt him. Yeah, there was one play in particular. I, I think it was like early fourth quarter. 
Yeah, because Shea and Justin Patton was waiting the seven at the end of the third, and they never got a chance, so they started the fourth. Um, but he got the ball, and he took a contested hook shot, and it went in. And, you know, that's great. It went in. Awesome. But wide open in the corner was Danilo Gallinari. And, you know, I was, mm-hmm. I was trying to explain to Chelsea's brother, always watching the game, I was like, ah, oh, like, I'm glad you made that, but, like, that's, you know, you had a better shot. He's like, it went in, though. That's the best shot. I'm like, I mean, just because it went in doesn't affect the quality of the shot. <laughs> like, it was, a, like, mm-hmm. a wide open three is a better shot than a contested two. And, you know, I mean, he's probably feeling right. himself a little bit after dropping a cool 45 in the G League. And, you know, I can't blame him. I mean, like I said, the shot went in. But that's a winning, that's like a winning play right there to kick it to Gallo for a better shot, wide open three. I mean, if it's anybody on the team, but especially if it's Danilo freaking Gallinari. Danilo freaking Gallinari. Yeah, we should get trademark t-shirts made. <laughs> Danilo freaking Gallinari, man. Speaking of Gallo, he though, he, he made some history tonight. Did you see he it? did. Did you see that stat? I, 11 straight games with at least three three-pointers. No, not How Kevin Durant. That? Not Paul George, not Russell Westbrook, not Harden, Odipo, Ibaka, nobody else in Thunder history has had 11 straight games with three three-pointers made. Do you think he's already tweeted about it? <laughs> he's probably at least retweeted it. Mm-hmm. I, I love, I just love how, I love how fast he gets on Twitter after games. He's just like, it must be the first thing he does in the locker yeah. room. He's like, all right, cut time to, time to. Uh, no time to undress and shower. I got to get on the Twitter machine and know something about it. Sometimes he doesn't have time. <laughs> yeah. It's also funny how he uses social media. Like, he doesn't use it how most people would, where it's like a conversation. He just sort of, like, throws something out into the world and then exits. The He just leaves. Like, he just puts it out. Doesn't do it. He doesn't have any conversations. Doesn't really say anything. It's just like... His little world where he tweets about it and then he goes about his day. Yeah. I think it's it's very it's very wholesome. I like it. Uh but yeah, he he had a great game. Um I was gonna mention somebody else. Oh yeah, so this was pretty crazy to me. I know I know plus minus box scores in a single game is not exactly the best um statistic to bring up, but I always Whenever I see stuff like this, it always makes me, it's funny to me. So whenever you lose by nine points, you're usually not going to have people in the plus. Mm -hmm. Chris Paul was plus 17 tonight and they lost by nine. That's crazy. And then Terrence Terrence Ferguson was minus 23. (laughs) So you talk about really uh, evening things out. Man, it's so frustrating because you see what he did <clears throat> against the Timberwolves earlier this week. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Monday. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, you know, not to bring up Kentucky because, you know, I'm not in a good place right now with Kentucky basketball, but <laughs> Nick Richards... Had, Why is that? Well, yeah, I mean, we lost by a buzzer beater. I mean, Crabby River. Mm. We're still in a lot Yikes. better shape than the other Carolina. Um, <laughs> Nick Richards has I been... Have a- Balling outrageous, and you know, he put up like 22 and 15. And Cal was like, Okay, now that I know you can do that, that's what I expect out of you. It's like, Ferg, 
now that we've seen you do that again, now that we've seen you get that monkey off your back of, you know, missing those shots, like, that's what we expect of you. And, you know, mm-hmm. it it just didn't happen tonight. He was one of four. He didn't make any of his three three-point attempts. And, uh, and they were open, too. Yeah, I mean, like all they were of his wide shots open. are open. Dude doesn't shoot them unless it's open. <laughs> yeah. The same thing by like speaking of people who don't shoot it, Shay Shay needs to start shut. Shay needs to start shooting more three pointers because he won't like if it's any if there's a defender anywhere close, he'll just drive by them. Like there was so many times where he was open and then he like hesitated a little bit and decided, all right, now I have to just drive because it's too late. And then a lot, of, I mean, most of the time it worked, but. A lot of times it didn't. It was like, if you just take that shot, like you were two for two tonight, so you're capable of baking threes. Like, just be confident in your outside shot and don't feel like you always have to drive because teams know you're good at that. They're going to, we saw it tonight again, like they're going to hound the paint as soon as they see you blow past somebody. Just take those shots. Like, you can make them. Yeah, it, it really frustrated me because, like, you know, Dude went off again tonight. Like, you know, he had 21 points. Uh, I think he had six mm-hmm. rebounds, six assists. Um, he was really efficient. Yeah, I mean, he had three steals. He didn't miss a single free throw attempt. This didn't miss a single three-point attempt. But he took 10 shots, Tierney. 10 shots. He played more minutes than anybody else on the team. He only took 10 shots. Um, to mm-hmm. put that in perspective, Mike Muscala had 11 shots. Like. You know, Shay's just coming off this crazy game where he went twenty, twenty, and ten, and yeah. you know, put that aside. Like this guy's your leading scorer. He leads our team in scoring right now, and you can't have your leading scorer getting ten shots, especially when he's on, because Dube was on tonight. Like his Ooh. his jump shot was on. You know, the, you know, driving to the rim is always going to be there, but some nights your shot's on, some nights your shot's off. His shot was on, and he still only shot 10 shots. And, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of that is, you know, like you said, hesitancy once, you know, he, uh, you know, the defender's closing out on him, which he did a lot in the fourth quarter. Um, not not as much early in the game, but a lot in the fourth quarter. You know, he just, that one second of hesitation to let the defender close out on him. And, you know, that mm-hmm. will come with growth. But, you know, I'm not trying to dog my dude Shea, but, Shay, man, you gotta you gotta let that thing fly. Yeah, I agree. And uh I mean that was what Chris Paul was doing from the very start. Like I we've talked about this in like game one, really. Like Shay can be a little passive sometimes. And Chris Paul's role at the beginning, especially, was to sort of step aside and like just give him the ball. Like let him do things. Um and tonight he just didn't do like he just passed up so many opportunities where and a lot of times it worked because Dennis was playing really well. And I mean, people were making enough shots to where it didn't it wasn't super obvious. But I mean, we're here talking about it. So it's still something that I mean, needs to be addressed. Um, but yeah, Shay Shay's playing a lot of minutes, by the way, like he is. I, I think I just stumbled on this because I was looking up a different stat, but I think he has the most most minutes by far 
of, um, well, especially of any guard 21 or under, but even just all guards in the NBA, he's like one of the highest in terms of minutes per game. So he's, he's really putting on a lot. And I mean, that's fine. Like that's what you want. You don't want him suppressed by Chris Paul or Dennis. You want your young guys to be out there, but it's, he's putting in a lot of minutes right now. Um, so that's just something to kind of look at. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Everyone everyone had a pretty decent game uh, if you kind of just take away the first half. Um, you know, Dennis led the team in points. He He really took control in a lot of key moments where it felt like Toronto was running away. Um, and he... He really exploited his ability to shoot the mid-range game, which never feels like a very impactful play in terms of like energy or momentum, but it just sort of chips away at the lead and keeps you within striking distance, which ultimately was what we were, found ourselves in mm-hmm. in the last few minutes. But it was just a few plays here and there that if it goes a different way, we have a totally different story on our hands. Um, so, yeah, all, it was just frustrating. It was, there were so many things you can look back on and be like, that could have been different. What if Steven Adams doesn't get hurt? What if, like, Norman Powell misses one of his shots that shouldn't have gone in? Marcus Allo doesn't bank that three. <laughs> like, there's just so many. There's so many things, right? Yeah. Like, it's just, it was frustrating. Yeah, and with Norman Powell, man, I mean... Dude was storming Norman tonight. You know, he shot nine of eleven, mm-hmm. hit three or four from deep, and you know all of that could still happen, and the Thunder still have a chance to win this game if Stephen Adams doesn't go down. And that's right. not overvaluing Stephen Adams as a player. That's you know showing the value of Stephen Adams' defense because Muscala, like to his credit, he didn't play bad. I mean, he shot an efficient six of eleven. He made three threes. Um, you know, he went two or three from the line and honestly, he had some pretty big buckets, um, you know, you know, in that third quarter, early fourth quarter that I was shocked. Like he had a pump fake and drive through traffic, finished with the M one. Like I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know Mike Muscala was capable of doing that. That was a big play too. Yeah. That was during that huge run. And then there was another play where Dennis stole the ball, looked back at McCall as he was about to shoot a layup, missed the layup. Um, was able to get the rebound, yeah. Flip it back to Muscala to get an M one. You know that, yeah, that was the one I was thinking of actually. Not the, yeah, that play too was. Yeah, but like you know, just just the fact of like you know just being there, like he did really good offensively. But I mean, the dude's just not. He's just not a great defender, and that was evidence tonight because down the stretch, especially like you know, Toronto was hitting those threes early on. But when it came down to stretch, like when the Thunder cut it to, what, I believe it was like three? We mm-hmm. cut it to three at one point? Yeah, that was after the, that that was the Danilo and one. But then the next play was the. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That uh, was when Siakam made it. I said earlier. Yeah. Yeah, but like yeah. literally after we cut it to three, they just started attacking the lane. You know, Pascal made them a way up. Kyle Lowry, I think, mm-hmm. got a hand one in the lane. Like. That's that's how they closed off this game. Like, 
and it was because we didn't have an interior presence there like Stephen Adams because, you know, Stephen Adams doesn't block a lot of shots normally, but that's because he's always in position and not mm-hmm. having that big body down there down the stretch really hurt the Thunder. And, you know, not even Stephen Adams like Nerlens Noel. Like we have Mike Muscala and Justin Patton as our centers and we still almost beat the Toronto Raptors. Like, yeah, that, that's insane to me. <laughs> Yeah, that that's really crazy. Like if you tell me if you if you're like, hey, um, so we're playing the defending national champions tonight, and oh by the way, you don't have your backup center and your starting center is going to only play seven minutes and then come back out and you're going to only play Mike Muscala and then another guy you just brought up from the G League. If you tell me that, I'm like, okay, we're gonna get blown yeah. out. Because, because, I mean, to, uh, something I haven't mentioned yet is, like, their lineup is gigantic. Yeah. Like, Siakam, Siakam is at the three, and he's normally, like, a four to five guy. So, when you have Siakam, Ibaka, and Gasol all on the court at the same time. And Norm Powell's to start long, too, for game, a shooting guard. Yeah. Well, I think Norm is... He, yeah, he comes yeah, he up, came but off like it's right. yeah, but like it's so it's Lowry, OG, and then OG. those three. So OG's like, real long, yeah. Yeah, OG's so good. I love that guy. But yeah, he. I mean, but all the they're just so big. And then our our game plan is like the exact opposite. We have the three small guards that is our main weapon. So you like size they they just exploited the size difference and then you throw out our two biggest guys and then they're definitely going to exploit the size difference so yeah i mean that that was a gigantic factor into all this and yeah it does make it really frustrating because we were at one possession away from tying the game at one point with like a minute and a half to go and it just makes you think what if steve doesn't get out at seven minutes what if Nerlens can play like maybe 10 minutes of this game like that's all it took to make that's all it takes to to make a loss a win yeah and i I just want to throw out this blanket statement here because i feel like it needs to be said like i really love this thunder team they're a lot of Mm -hmm. fun to watch um you know it's great watching the young guys grow it's great watching the veterans do their thing i love every single player on this roster except for one player because I find myself more frustrated with this player when they're on the court than I am Don't excited for what they do. And it's Mike Don't Muscala. It. It's oh, okay. it's one hundred percent Mike Muscala because as good as he did tonight, down the stretch, you know, even all those defensive mishaps aside, he had a shot, I think we was down five at this point. He had a shot at the top of the key, wide open, perfectly set up by you know, one of the guards, Dennis Shea, Chris Paul, I don't remember who it was, mm-hmm. perfectly set up. Like, I mean, if you're going to, I want you to make that shot for one, but if you're going to miss it, at least mm-hmm. get on the rim, get us a chance to get the rebound and get another <laughs> Completely shot. airballed it. He, he didn't airball it. He just, <laughs> he, he hit, he hit the backboard, but he hit the side of the backboard. So not only, he, not was only basically did it not an have the right distance, it had the, it had the complete wrong aim. <laughs> It was so bad. 
It was so bad. I remember that shot. Yeah, I just, I'd find myself face palming, shaking my head, and saying, Moose, yeah. why are you on my team? Every time he comes every time, on the Every time Mike Muscala makes a terrible play, I just think, I just think in my head, Sam Presti went to Minnesota yeah. to personally visit this guy. Like, no, just, just <laughs> think is... about this. Like, Sam Presti went to Minnesota to recruit this guy to play with Russell Westbrook. Imagine if he's doing this <laughs> he, with Russell this Westbrook. This team would be so court. terrible. This team would be so terrible. Russell Westbrook would end it, his life. Like, just bye. Oh. It's just so funny that, like, we've been lauding Presty for these, like, Clippers, that Clippers trade ever since Shea has kind of blossomed into what he is. But then there's things like this. It's like, why did you go fly there? Like, you could have been doing so many other more productive things with your day. Yeah. And you decided to go to Minnesota, of all places. And, and get us I all falsely excited, by the way. Because... Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'm not alone in this. Like, when we saw the report that Presty was in Minnesota, it's like, oh my gosh, is Presty well, going to get Towns? It's like, oh my gosh, is Presty yeah. going to try out Andrew Wiggins? Like, yeah, we were like, there's a super, there's like two superstars in Minnesota. They've got this nice rookie, Jared Culver. They've got all these interesting assets. Like, what's he going to do? And then it's like, oh yeah, it's Mike Muscala. Yeah. Oh, that was so disappointing. <laughs> It was like, yeah, I don't. I don't All right, we've we've harped on just, Moose too much. So I'm bad. sorry. I know, I know. Uh, he's the Sex Panther, Maddie Moles. I'm he's sorry, the Sex Panther. He's the Sex Panther, forever and always. Uh, yeah. So I'm. Do you want? I'm just gonna throw out some um, some numbers, but to to sort of end this recap here. Go ahead, the, man. This recap portion. I'd be insulted if you did. Um, so, Toronto shot 61% from the field and 56% from three. Would they shoot from the line? Badly. Well, not badly. 73%. We shot 95%. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. Moose missed only three free, free throws. throws. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, Moose. <laughs> We're just going to keep harping on this guy. Uh, yeah, he's the new yeah. scapegoat. Freaking. God, if he had made his free throw, he would have been a perfect 20 for 20. <laughs> Never mind the game. Uh, you know what's also interesting is that we only had 20 turnovers, and 11 of those came in like the first 18 minutes of game time. So that's pretty impressive that we were that close in turnovers between Toronto and them. Yeah, that's, that's um, crazy. Um, can and then and then just reiterating what we already mentioned as far as like lacking big men, they outscored us in the paint, sixty-two to forty-eight. So that'll do it. That that'll do. Yeah. No. Um. Also, just looking at the bench, uh, Darius Baisley played some big minutes tonight. You know, mm-hmm. we was we were shorthanded, obviously in the front court. He played eighteen minutes, which feels like a lot to me compared to like what he's played yeah. this year. Um, but he did give with his time. He definitely filled in a role with Adams being out. Yeah. He shot four of seven. He missed his only three pointer. But you know, he did have three rebounds in his activity and 
I mean, he scored six straight points there. I, 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 yeah, it was in the fourth quarter, early fourth quarter. Yeah. He scored six straight yeah, points, and he did so in a variety of ways, so that was encouraging. And I actually did see, like, one play from the first half. I was trying to put my kids down for, uh, for bed, and I walked downstairs to get their milk, and I just glanced at the TV, and, and somebody made a three-pointer. Somebody you wouldn't expect to make a three-pointer. And it's Hamdou Diallo. Hey! Yeah, so, if Hamdou can make threes, that'd be huge. But I, I really don't see why he only played six minutes this game. Especially if he's hitting his three. Yeah. Well, I mean, to Darius Baisley, as you mentioned, that's another guy that was frustrating me for the same reason as Shea. Like, that, he was turning down so many three-pointers. And doing kind of the same thing where he hesitated a little bit too long and then had to give it up or try to drive or whatever. But that said, I love Darius Baisley's Eurostep. It is a it is a work of art. His stride, it it reminds me, dare I say, of Giannis. Oh. Dare I I went there. Dare you say, and you do dare. It looks a lot like Giannis's Eurostep if Giannis was a little bit shorter. The peak freak. The peak freak. So yeah. Uh that's all I got. Well, hey, before we close out this game here, um, we've literally touched on every player except for one. Uh Andre Robertson. Oh my gosh, Dennis Schroeder, dude. Oh, Schroeder, yes. Not Schroeder. Uh, he had twenty-five <laughs> points. All right, that actually. I, let... Wait, no, no, no. I, I, I said his name earlier. Okay, that doesn't count. So he All actually right. led the team with twenty-five <laughs> points. He had six assists, he two steals, three rebounds. And he shot an efficient 10 of 17 and 5 of 10 from deep. And, like, it, it's getting to the point when Schroeder shoots a three. I'm, I, I think it's going in. Mm-hmm. Like, he made some big buckets, yeah, and he was a big part of that comeback there in the third quarter. Yeah. Like, uh, Monday's game was very much 2018-esque. Dennis, I think... There's the ESPN. ESPN. Okay. ESPN needs to do something about their website because the videos just play automatically, and I'm not a fan of this. Just hit the mute button. Anyway, Dennis. That's a good idea. (laughs) I, 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 uh, I remember Monday's game. Dennis was very much like 2018-esque Dennis, and. I'm glad that that's now the the outlier, and these are the games that have become the norm. Yeah, because it's just it's just it makes my life much less stressful. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, that's I it. mean, he's he's been playing like the sixth man of the year. I mean, let's just call it what it is. He's been the most consistent player off the bench this season. Um, and I, I, I mean, I would argue he's contributing more than any other player on the bench this season. I mean, he's part of one of the best lineups in the league, statistically wise, net rating wise. 
And I mean, he's doing so in a variety of ways and he's doing so doing so with efficiency that he has not played with at this point in his career. So uh, you got to tip your hat to him, man. And the way that he's been able to adapt to this team. Yeah, I agree. So we now are moving on to Friday. We play the Miami of the Heat of the Miami. Ooh. Who are now technically in second place in the Eastern Conference. Who'd have thunk it? I know, right? They're a legitimate team for the Eastern Conference finals at this point. They have a ton of weapons. Tower Hero. Uh, they, uh, Jimmy <laughs> Butler, among others. And it's going to be an int- It's also at home, but it's going to be an interesting game. That's one of those nights where, I mean, I think this is the last game of our very tough stretch until we get into a much easier schedule because we've had Lakers, Houston, Toronto, now Miami. I guess so. I was wrong about that. We have three more games, not one, against good teams. So we have Miami on Friday, Portland on Saturday, and then before we'll cover, we'll have a pod before the Monday game next week, but we also play at Houston. Mm. Um, so three games, all really tough coming up, but then it's a cakewalk pretty much until All-Star break. So, you know, it's just get ready for Friday. It's going to be a back-to-back two nights, Friday and Saturday. So just sort of rest up until then. They get to stay at home, which is nice. They don't have to travel anywhere. They can stay at home with their families. Absolutely. For a couple days. But yeah, they gotta get ready. A couple of very hard games coming up until our next recap. Yeah, and it could be huge for playoff seeding. Um, not so Ooh. much the Heat game, but especially the Trailblazers game. Right. That could be the the difference between making it and not making it at the end of the season. Yeah, and I should also mention I've got the ESPN website up. Portland is actually ahead in the fourth quarter, 10 minutes left against the Rockets, 96-82. So another interesting game to kind of factor with seeding. Man, did you see John Morant go off on the Rockets last night? I did not, but I wish I did. Oh, my gosh. Dude's ridiculous. I love that kid. Yeah. That kid's so much fun to watch. Aside from he, he is like, if we didn't, if we didn't have Shea, that's one of those guys that I'd be like, this is the guy I would want to start my team. Yeah, he plays with so much swag, too. I love it. He's just such a cool dude. But so is Shay. Yes, absolutely. So, we'll we'll stick with him. And Shay's Shea still is better our... than Joss, so you know. Ooh, that's a hot take. Eh, not really. Do you, do you think Shay will be a better player overall than Jaw? Who you want to play like, a name game? At the end of the at the end of their careers, who do you think will have the better one? Mm. Just given where Jaw is as a rookie, how old is Shea? And where Shea? Is. Is he nineteen, twenty. Uh, he's a year younger, I think. Twenty. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. 
don't know. I would, I'd probably say Shea, uh, just because I feel like the, the two way potential is there more. Um, I mean, you're already seeing the, his scoring taking another step, uh, specifically with this pull up and his three point shooting. Um, like both of those corner threes didn't hit a single piece of the rim. Um, you know, he's starting to really Mm -hmm. find his craft there and, you know, just seeing what he could do, um, moving the ball uh, against the Timberwolves the other night was really impressive. So yeah, I'm probably going to go with Shea. And in no way is this affected by your Kentucky fandom, correct? Absolutely not. Because John Morant famously went to Murray State, which is also famously in Kentucky. Is it really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Hmm. Yeah. All, all we do is breathe winters down here. <laughs> hmm. If you say so. All right. Any last words, Dylan? Mm. Yeah, I don't have anything cool to say. All right. I just really hope we beat the Heat because I talked a lot of crap to Heat fans over the offseason. Same. But I'll be off Twitter for it, so. <laughs> well, that's good. You won't get to your mention. If we lose, your mentions are going to be very full when you come back. I imagine my mentions are already very full. <laughs> to the fullest. To the fullest. All right. Well, it's time for us to sign off. As always. We have a Twitter page that you can go follow at OKC Topic Thunder. And we have merch on sale. We still have our SGA merch, which is it's flying off the racks ever since our uh, 2020 game on Monday. Uh, we are in the process of making an addition that just has the SGA logo without the little text on the bottom because we had some requests for that. So if you would like either versions of those shirts and hoodies, you can go to bigheadsmedia.com and search the word Thunder or Topic Thunder. Either way, you're going you're gonna to see them in all of their glory. Yeah, I got and one of those. You do. You should, when you come back to Twitter, you should post it on Twitter so everyone can see. Yeah. I might just do that. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, if you are listening on a, a, a podcast platform of sorts, be sure to download and subscribe. If you're on iTunes, make sure to leave us a five-star review and leave us a kind-hearted comment. We will read it because we always do. We love all of our supporters and uh, appreciate all of you. So st- thank you for sticking with us um, as we continue to sort of grow and, and get through all the highs and the lows like we had tonight and just keep on moving. So um, that said, thunder up. Thunder up.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.